Well, good morning. Um, this is this uh, video that's all because of Jesus, if it weren't for Jesus kind of thing, is a great introduction to the whole new series that we're kicking off this morning called Revolve. Um, the series is actually based around the book of Colossians. And, uh, you know, in Colossians, Paul is writing this letter to tell people, like, listen, I have seen all the great things in your life, but really, if it weren't for Jesus, like, what else would there be? You could put your hope in all these other things, but if it's not for Jesus, like, what are you going to revolve your life around? What's really going to last? And that's this essence of uh, our, our series. And today's top is, like, what are you going to revolve your life around? What's your life going to revolve around? Because it's pretty tempting to have revolve your life about, around a lot of different things. And Paul's contention is, if you have to choose, and you do, what you're going to revolve your life around, choose Jesus. Choose Jesus because Jesus is the one that you can count on. Now, there's a lot of short-lived things that we can choose to revolve our life around, right? Like when it comes to revolving our life, like what Paul is saying is this, is listen, put Jesus in the middle, tie off to him, okay, and then revolve your life around him. And, and when you decide to tie off with something, you put your trust in it. It means you're putting trust. Like when, I, when I went repel, I've gone rappelling several times in my life, and when you go rappelling, right, like tell you like, the rope will hold like an uh, elephant, right? So as long as you're not, we don't weigh more than an elephant, you're good, okay? So since people don't weigh more than elephants, generally you're good. But the real question is when you're going down over the cliff backwards, right, and you're looking down and it's 300-foot drop, the real question you ask is what? am I tied off to? I know the rope will hold me, but what am I tied off to? Because a free fall backwards, while exciting, doesn't end well, okay? So you want to tie yourself off to something that lasts. And that's what Paul's saying. Like, if you're going to tie yourself off to something so that your life is going to revolve around it, tie off to Jesus. Make it about Jesus. Because there are lots of things in our life that we can tie off to. We can tie off to relationships. We can tie off to work, we can tie off to recreation, all those things can have an effect on us. And when we tie off to one of those other things, we find out that they disappoint us. Like they, they don't bring us what we're hoping for. Like yesterday, so some of you know that I've been work, looking for a, another motorcycle. My wife has given me permission to, to upgrade the motorcycle I have, and I've been excited about that. And so I've been looking, I've got mine on, mine's for sale. And I'm really thrilled about it. And yesterday, Yamaha of Camp Hill, Yamaha Triumph of Camp Hill, had an open house where I could demo one of the bikes. It was a brand new one of the bikes that I was looking at, you know. And I've been looking at it for a while, and I've been excited about it. I'm like, man, that's such a cool-looking bike. And, man, it's got all this horsepower. And, man, it's really exciting. So I go over there, and I sign up for the, the test ride. And they're like, you know, bring this back in, like, 10 or 15 minutes. I'm like, all right, I'll see you in 30, right? Like, uh, so, so I get on the bike, and I'm thrilled, and I... And I I t- go out of the parking lot, you know, and I'm navigating. I get out on the highway, and man, it's got like, it's got three times the horsepower my current bike does, and it's got three times the excitement my bike does, and it looks a whole lot better than my bike does. And I'm out there, and I'm riding, and I, I go some backcountry roads around, you know, back, back behind like Lower Allen Park and around, and I'm like, man, this is really cool. And then on the way back, as I'm riding, I'm thinking about like, you know, what it takes to have a bike like that, and I'm going, you know, this is a really good ride. And as I got on my bike to go back home, like, it's not like spending money on a bike like that, having a bike like that, it's not going to have the hope I thought it would. You know, all the excitement that builds up to it, 
It's only you think it's going to like do this thing for you, and then you have it, and you're like, hmm, it's not really about that. It's a good reminder for me of what, truly, as I rode my bike home, like, God, thanks for the gift of just riding on any bike. Like, I love, I love to be out here. This is what it's really about, is that, that feeling that I get with you, that solitude that I have, that, that life that it gives me. And any bike is good. Now, that bike was better, but any bike <laughs> was good. But my point is, it's easy to start to revolve your life around one of these things. And you start to go, man, if I just had, for example, finances, wow, if I just revolved my life around finances and I shifted, I start to shift my circle a little bit and finances starts to creep in to the middle and you see what happens. Suddenly, other things start to get excluded. Suddenly, what I'm rotating around is I'm trying to rotate around two things, and you can't tie off the two things and revolve around them. You've got to choose one, and one starts to creep in. And here's the problem. Everything that you do in this circle besides Jesus has an expiration date. It's only awesome until you have it. That personal relationship that you think is going to be the best thing in the world, and it's going to change everything in your life, is only great until you get to know them, right? Once you get to know them, you're like, huh, they're not as quite as perfect as I thought, right? It doesn't quite work out the way I thought. It, and and the, the, the greatest recreation and the greatest finances, like, you know what happens to finances, right? They disappear. Like, you get them and you spend them. And that's really the, that's the way God intended for them to work is you don't put all your security in, you get them and spend them. But it only takes one job layoff, one big thing to happen in your life, and, you know, that whole big emergency count you have disappears, Right? I mean, it's all of those things have an expiration date. They will not contain the hope that God wants to give you. And that is really the essence of Paul's proposal today. Don't revolve your life around things that are short-lived, that have expiration dates. And the Colossians, who he's about to write this letter to, he hasn't ever met them, but what he's heard is, listen, you guys love God. You guys love people. And, and your reputation for loving people and taking action on that procedure, like we've all heard about it. And here's the thing. I've also heard that someone's told you Jesus and instead of Jesus only. Someone told you Jesus and, like Jesus and this other philosophy. Jesus and this other ritual. Jesus and this other right. Jesus and this other relationship. Jesus and doesn't work. Because Jesus and shifts what you're going to revolve your life around. He says, you will be disappointed. And Paul knows this because Paul lived a life where he got disappointed. He's, his name was Saul originally. And you know, you know how people change their names for all sorts of reasons? Paul changed his name because of his reputation. His Saul reputation, not a good one, right? He changed his name to Paul because he had a new life, because his life before was about murder, was about reputation and success and image and all the things that he could have and his status. That's what his life was about. And after he met Jesus and started to revolve his life around Jesus, he said, I, I need a new life, and I want to tell you none of those other things will last. And so that's the message that God wants to give us today. So if you'll look in your outline, if you grab your outline out of your program guide today, you can follow along and you can also do this today with it if you're, you know, so inclined. If this keeps you more awake than writing down, I'm all for it today, okay? So this morning you can follow along this morning as we talk about how do I live this life that revolves around Jesus? How do I revolve my life around Jesus? What's Paul really saying about that as we begin this series in Colossians? The first thing that Paul points us to is a life that revolves around Jesus lives with one eye on eternity. 
lives with one eye on eternity all the time. Now, you might think, like, you know, when this was written so many years ago, like, how, how, how does that intersect with my life today? Well, the thing is, is that when it was written all those years ago, the Roman Empire was a lot like living in America. It was very much like that. In fact, you know, all of our, many of our governmental systems, guess what government they were based on? The Roman government. That was the gift that we stood on top of and said, well, let's do it this way, and let's add a little bit more to have some checks and balances. Like, we, we did a little bit more, but it was based on some of those things. And so people then did like people now, right? They, they watched all the news channels, and they listened to all the politicians. They said, well, I'm going to put my hope in that. Like, I'm going to tie off to that. That sounds like the Roman government will take care of me, and there'll be peace there, and I can count on that. And people did the whole financial thing. They said, listen, I'm going to move to that city that's prosperous, and I'm going to make a lot of money, and I'm going to be okay. Or they tied off to relationships. All of that was happening the same way. And they tied off to pop philosophies, and they had plenty of those going on too. It's a lot like the culture that we live in. People tied off to all sorts of things. And the Colossians were having the same issue. They were like tying off to these things. They were tempted to tie off these things. Paul's reminding them, listen, it won't work. Trust me. Trust me, it doesn't work. And how does Paul know this? If you're wondering like, yeah, but what does that guy know? Like, oh, sure, he just came to Jesus and it worked for him. Well, he didn't just come to Jesus. Like he got stoned for coming to Jesus. He like escaped through walls for coming to Jesus. And at this point when he's writing this letter, he is writing it from prison. Okay, he has been, he's in prison writing a letter to the Colossians saying, guess what? Everything has an expiration date. And if you want to place your joy in something, you want to place your hope in something, then live with one eye on eternity all the time. And so here's what he says in Colossians 1.5. As he's talking to the Colossians, beginning this letter, he says, you do this, that is, you love God and you love people and all the reputation that you have. You do this because you are looking forward to the joys of heaven. You are looking forward to what's eternal, what will last, what will go on forever. And as you have been, you've done this, as you have been since you have heard the truth of the good news. What did they, why, did they, why were they able to look forward to the good news? Why were they able to look through the joys of heaven? Because the good news intersected with their life. And suddenly, for the first time, they had confidence that the worst thing, if the worst thing in the world happens to me, This is big. If you don't have this confidence, listen, if the worst thing in the world happens to me and I leave this planet, the worst thing is actually now the best thing. It only gets better. And that changes everything. Changes everything with the way we approach life. If you love God and you love love what God wants to do for you, and if you see see all those expirations, you haven't made that commitment to Jesus yet, but you see all those things that expire, and you go, I don't know if I really want that. I don't don't know what that's going to mean. You see all those things that expire, and you go, but I know those things really do expire. I know those things don't really last. My question to you is, what are you waiting for? Like, Why put your hope in something that won't last when you can put your hope in something that will? And, And knowing what Jesus has done, knowing that Jesus is who he said he is, And the reason we know he is who he said he is, the reason we know that he is God incarnate, God in the flesh, came to the planet to teach us not just the way to live, but to then live that way, is because he predicted his own death and resurrection, and then he pulled it off. And I know no one else that's ever done that. And that's why I trust when he makes other promises, I can count on them too. And so it's kind of like, have you ever, any of you guys... Sports fans, right? if you've ever DVR'd a game, you know what I'm talking about? Like when you've DVR'd a game and you do not want to know the score, right? You want to be surprised 
and then someone tells you the score, right? You find out someone, or you just even find out who won, right? But just someone says it, and you still watch the game. Anybody that committed to their team, they still watch. Okay, so those of you who still watch the game, right? The whole time it's happening, when you really start to get into the game, and your team starts to get behind, don't you still get a little bit nervous? Until you remember what? We win. We win. And see, that's, that's what happens for us in our life. It's easy to get distracted by all this other stuff. But you always have to remember, we win. In the end, the worst thing that comes, we win. It, whatever happens in my life, Jesus says there is hope and that he will intersect our life, that he will change things, and that there is something eternal to hope for. So when your finances go south, when, like recently, our furnace like died a, a slow and miserable death, and this winter it's been now done, and so we have to look for a new furnace, like everything goes south eventually, and you have to keep your eyes on those things. Like I can't, I can ignore the furnace thing till about October, right? And then I will regret having ignored it and just kept my eyes on eternity. It's all going to work out. Like I'm, not, I'm not saying that. I'm saying that the furnace is not going to change what I revolve my life around. I'm not going to be so consumed by that that that's my whole focus. I'm, I'm leaning into Jesus saying, okay, I'm going to get some estimates. I'm going to ask some questions. I'm going to let God, God, because I know God will take care of this. We'll work this out because my life's not going to revolve around that because when I get this furnace, the next, it's going to last for a certain number of years, then it's going to fail. And rather than make trade-offs, which is what I think a lot of times we do, we make trade-offs to be like, I know that that's coming, but I'm really living like we, I don't know if we win the game. I don't know if all that's going to work out. So I'm going to go ahead and have what I want now. I'm going to go ahead and try to pull it off now. I'm going to put all my hope and revolve my life around whatever this is, because it's not wrong to have stuff. It's not wrong to lean into relationships. It's not wrong to have hobbies that give you life. Those are all beautiful things. But we must always be careful that our life does not revolve around them, that we don't think that that's the actual source of life. Jesus wants to give you the source of life. He wants to give you that hope. But you've got to make a choice. What you can revolve your life around, something that won't last or something that will. There's this great devotional that we've been talking about for this summer in this series. If you don't have it, it is a great book. If you're looking for something to walk through this summer as we're walking through Colossians, it's based on Colossians 3. And it is a really, really good devotional that helps you walk through each thing and just kind of take it in. So it's called, it's called Hidden in Christ. Okay, it's, back, it's actually back at Ministry Central. And in Hidden in Christ, he talks about that whole DVR game thing, and then he goes on to say, listen, only the gospel, only the good news of Jesus can give us hope in times of sadness. Only the gospel can give us peace in the midst of strife. Only the gospel can give us confidence and assurance and trust and faith and peace and joy that the things that make life wonderful and give us the strength and courage to live in the reality of this world in a way that's beautiful. While the rest of the world looks to advances in technology and medicine and politics and hopes that new gadgets and new, new pills and new bills will ensure a happy life, we all really know that they just let us down. They cannot make a dent in that reality. And while we still live in a broken world in which sin and death and the devil still exert an influence over us, the reality of the resurrection, the final consummation and reality of what Jesus has done and gained victory for us, gives us the kind of hope that makes life more magnificent. And that is what it means to live with your eye on eternity, to live every moment with your life revolving around Christ, saying, 
What's really going to matter? This, this, does that thing have an expiration date or not? What's really important to God here? I was recently, I had this experience where um, I, was, I was at the office. It was at the end of my day, and uh, someone came into the office, and uh, they said, hey, can I, can I meet with, can I talk to you? I said, sure, like, let's, let's go talk. And um, they were looking for uh, Pastor Joel and Pastor Rick, too, and we just couldn't, they, they were all both busy. And so I said, well, just come in my office, we'll chat. They came in, and they, they were telling me about, like, things that were going on in their heart, in their life. And they said, you know, the other week, I said, they said, I've just been listening to all these podcasts. And the other week, um, we talked about Moses, and Moses threw down his staff. And, and the reason that God said, you've got to let go of that, and you've got to let me do something with it, and I will redeem it because you're putting all your hope in it. Just toss it down. Don't hold on to what you're having your security in, and let me redeem it and give it back to you so that you're holding on to me, so that your life is revolving around me. And he said, yeah, I asked my daughter, like, hey, you know, we were talking about, like, this whole idea of, like, what, what makes you feel secure? What? What are you really putting your security and your hope in? And he said, she looked at me, and she, I asked her, like, what, what's that for me, he said. And she said, well, that's easy, Dad. It's money. It's finances. It's, that's that's where, you, where you put your security. And he said, it just struck me all of a sudden. Her observation hit me deeply. He said, I don't want my life to revolve around anything but Jesus, because it's the only thing that will last forever. He said, I, I believe and what God's doing at daybreak. And I believe in what God's doing in me. He said, so I just want to hand you a check. And the check was for $70,000. Now, I've, I've never gotten a check for $70,000 ever. So I was quick to get rid of it, to like put it, and I was called people like afterwards, like, where's the safe to put this thing in? I do not, I will lose it, and that will be bad. Like, you know, but can you imagine what it meant to throw something down and say, I will not have it, my life revolve around that. Because it will not last. Too many times in our life, here's what happens. We, we allow, we, we think maybe we want Jesus in the middle, but what we've done is we've allowed like something that's consumed our life. We said, well, Jesus and, well, there's Jesus and finances or Jesus and recreation or Jesus and that relationship. And fairly soon after that, we start to revolve our life around that because we're hoping in that. We're with our security. And it, it just kind of, Jesus kind of shrinks back. Like that's something we do on Sunday or that's something that affects some of our life. But this is what consumes our life. And the problem with that is not long after that, this is what happens. Our life is revolving around that. And Jesus is almost outside the circle. And we don't know it and we don't choose it. And it doesn't just like, hey, this is what I'm going to do. It's just that we live in the here and now, and we forget to have one eye on eternity. We forget who wins. We forget what Jesus has done and will do for us. And we think, oh, well, this is the thing that's really consuming my life now, so I've got to take care of this. And what God wants to give us is a new reward of something new and fresh and different. And my question to you is, like, when you think about that, like, what are you going to let go of? What are you going to do? How severe are you willing to be to make sure that Jesus stays in the middle so that what's in the middle doesn't, isn't something that has an expiration date and will fail you. And money is a great example of it, and I'll tell you why, because I guarantee you that there's some of you sitting and thinking like, oh, no, he's going to talk about money. And do you know why that's going to, you know why that's happening in your heart? Because money touches every single area of your life. Its tentacles are spread out through everything that you do. You need it. 
You rely on it. It's at the bottom of the Maslow triangle of what you need is first. It's like, right, food and shelter, like money provides that. And so you trust in it. And that's why it's so important as one area that you need to let go. And that's why we, we return to things like this in your program guide today. Can everybody pull out this green sheet? This is one reason that we keep returning to things like a four-month giving challenge. So if money is one of those things that's creeped back into your life and you want to keep your guard on it, you want to say, you know what? I don't want to be about that. I want to be about, I want to have one eye on eternity. I want to be about and do things that matter. And if you're a follower of Jesus and you've made that commitment, well, then that's what, it's not really an option because you just said this is what your life needs to be about. You're now a citizen of the kingdom. You're now about the kingdom that's eternal, not here. Then this is one way to do it. So I encourage you this morning, take it. Take the giving challenge. Say, you know what? I'm not going to let that rule my life. I'm not going to let that creep in. And if that's not it this morning, you feel like, no, I know that's not. I'm confident. Please be confident because I'm telling you this one always. I mean, it's creeping into my life all the time. Like, make sure it's not this one. But whatever it is, find a way to move it out of the center because it has an expiration date. If you'll allow me to make a prediction, it's this. You can let it, you can revolve your life around it, but you will be disappointed. Once you have it, once you know it, once you understand it, you're going to be disappointed by it. And it's only Jesus that won't disappoint you. It's not Jesus and, it's Jesus only. The joys of heaven await. Paul says, listen, keep one eye on eternity. If you want Jesus in the middle, then keep one eye on eternity. And the other thing that Paul then points out is not just keep one eye on eternity, but keep the other eye then on the life-changing journey. If you want to look at what's in the here and now, don't look to all those other things. Look to the life-changing journey that Jesus wants to put you on, that Jesus invites you to. And the way Paul puts this, and I love the way Paul puts this, he says in Colossians 1.6, this same good news that came to you is going out all over the world, and it is changing lives everywhere, just as it has changed yours the very first day you heard it and understood the truth about God's great kindness to sinners. In other words, Paul's like, listen, let me remind you of what the gospel message is. God is not mad at you. He is not out to get you. In fact, God's really into you. He loves you so much so that he became human flesh in Jesus And he died on the cross, and he resurrected, and he bore on the cross all of your sin, all of your shame, all of your shortcomings. Like everything was on him on the cross so that you could be free, so that you don't have to live under it anymore, so that you could live the life that God has for you, so that you could be the very best version of you. these words, grace, forgiveness, change, like these these are not just words. These are powerful ways that God works in us when we begin to revolve our life around Christ, when we put our eyes and fix our eyes on life change instead of other things. And Paul has a pretty unique view because Paul saw it. He saw it up close and personal. In fact, part of the reason that Paul went from the former Saul, who was a murderer and a liar and a reputation and all about status, part of the reason he went from that is he kept seeing this life change and he kept seeing these people who were like, nothing can stop this. Like, are we... We are so much confidence in Jesus, you can kill us and it won't matter. And part of the reason that then he, he intersected his life with Christ and he met the living Christ and he went, wow, my life, like I can't go back. I need change. And I realized that life change is real and it is happening all around me all the time. And you know what life change does? You know what happens when you see life change? 
you get spurred on to life change. Right? When you see someone else's story, it spurs you on in your own. It gives you confidence that if God can do it for someone else, then maybe God can do it for me. And some of you are sitting there this morning going, I don't know. I mean, you don't know what my life, there's this thing in my life, and that, it's not changing. You don't know what I've done in my past, or you don't know what's, what's going on in the secret you don't even know about. But I am telling you right now that God has done it in me, and he will do it in you. And I know that you need even more comfort because I'm a preacher, right? I'm a pastor, and so, well, you must have your act together, and clearly you've never heard me say, like, I don't know what God was thinking when he asked me to be a pastor, because I don't. But I'm telling you that it works, and it does happen. And so I want to give you just another reminder of it. We tell life change stories all the time here at Daybreak. And do you know why we do that? Because we celebrate what God wants to do in you. If he does it to someone else, he'll do it to you. So I just want you to sit back and take in one of those life-changing stories. This is, this is one from about a year or two ago, and it is a, it's a really good example of how God will work in your life too, if you'll let him. Let's watch.
good news is going out everywhere, and it is changing lives. That was written, that was written a long, long time ago. And it is still happening. It's still happening today and here and now. God says, live with one eye on eternity. And you know why? Because that's what really matters. There's only one thing that lasts forever. And, I'll, and you know this. Even if, you're, even if you don't believe in God, you know this. And you know why I know you know it? Because nobody ever goes to the junkyard to visit their dead car. Right? But you'll see them at a graveyard because they know that people are important and they have this sense and this hope that they'll see them again. God invites you into that, to have that same hope, to know for certain that God will change your life now and that there is something eternal that matters because he is into you and he loves you and he can change you and he will change you. And we believe that so much that one of the things that's so important to us as Daybreak, as a church, is that we send people out all the time to tell the story of life change. And then we send them out around the world to be a part of a life-changing story. And we allow them to hear other people's life-changing story all around the world, all in the United States and in other countries, because we believe that that life-changing story, the good news is going out everywhere, and that God is changing people's lives, and that eternity is what's really important. And so to this morning, we're going to commission our, our short-term teams, which are going out this week, and you guys can come up right now. Um, we believe that life change happens, and it happens through people, and it wants going to happen through you, and all these people that are coming up, they're going to experience life change in the next week or so, and uh, Melody's going to tell you a little bit about all of that. All right, good morning, good morning, everyone. Um, go ahead and squish up, on, up here with me. Yeah, I'm excited because there's a lot of Good Hope Rotors going on mission this year, which is very, including Sean and myself. Um, we are about to send out two teams this week uh, to Philadelphia and to Ecuador. And we're here today because not only do we want to celebrate that God has asked us to be a part of what he's doing around the world, but we also want to celebrate this part of our vision that he's called us to contribute to that. And uniquely, and with some strategic partnerships that we have. So if you're going to Philly, can you raise your hand real quick? That's me too. Um, Those of us who are going to Philly leave on Wednesday, and we are partnering with another Alliance Church in the city, and that church is called True Vine Church Community, and they're five years old. They have two campuses just like us, and we are going to be doing some service projects at both of those campuses. We're going to be um, working with ministries that they already partner with long-term, so there's a food bank there that we're going to get the chance to organize food. Um, We're actually going to pack our own lunches one day and go and pack extra lunches and eat with the homeless with them right on the streets in Philly. I'm really excited about that. And we're helping them run Sunday morning services next Sunday. So if you think of us, hopefully it'll be cooler here. Um, but we'll be, <laughs> we'll be serving with the kids uh, next week and just trying to bless that church family. So thank you so much for sending us out and praying for us. Um, If you're headed to Ecuador, that's the rest of you. Yeah. Um, Ecuador, I'm really excited about because this is one of our longest and most special partnerships that we've had. Unlike the Philly team, where this is the first time we've ever gone, this team is going to be a part of a ministry that we've been a part of. We've sent a team to Ecuador every year since 2007. And they're going to fly into the capital city and then drive about five hours into a town called Huaticocha. And in Huaticocha is a missions training school for Ecuadorian, uh, like college-age students, 
who have a desire to be pastors, missionaries, and leaders in their own communities. And so they've come to this two-year program at this training school. And our um, team will not only get to share life with them and ministry with them, but then also be able to travel to surrounding communities around Wadi Kocha to do vacation Bible school and other service projects. And they are going to have an incredible, incredible time. <laughs> and it's just a blessing to be a part of this very long-term partnership that we have. And so tonight, or this morning, um, we want to take a moment and just pray over both of these teams to commission them. That's what that word means. Um, Even when Jesus did it with his his disciples, means to commission is to send out, um, to support them, to come behind them. And we want to thank, all of us want to thank you. Every single person on this stage that you see has received some kind of a financial blessing. You were just talking about that. Um, A financial blessing from the church family because you've given so generously to our short-term trip fund. And they are the beneficiaries. So thank you on behalf of everyone. And so we just want to take a moment now to pray over them and show our support and love for them. We couldn't go um, without you guys sending us. So thank you for being, even though you're here, thank you for being a part of our teams in some vital, vital ways. Um, Please pray for us um, in the next week or two. Inside your scoop today are two blog site addresses that you can follow. We're going to do our best to update the blog while we're gone so you know what's happening and how you can be praying for us while we're there. All right, let's pray, guys. Father God, today I am just overwhelmed by your love for every single person on this planet. And wherever they are in their journey with Jesus, you are pursuing them. And the beauty of the privilege that you've called us um, to be a part of what you're doing outside of Enola and Mechanicsburg is just incredible. And we thank you for coming with us and for inviting us to be a part of this incredible journey And we pray for both the Philly team and the Ecuador team. And we ask that you would protect us in the name of Jesus and that you would not only use us um, to be your hands and feet in those two places, but that you would also use this experience to transform us and to help us live a more Christ-centered life as well. Uh, We want to be a part of building your kingdom and making your name famous in both of these locations. So empower us to do that very thing. And in Jesus' name, we send out these teams and we just want to follow you in obedience, and we trust that you're, you are going um, to just do incredible, mighty, powerful things in and through these teams and in the lives of those in Philadelphia and the Ecuadorians to whom we're, we will be serving. We love you, God. We worship you. It's because of our desire that more people have the chance to know and worship you that we go. And so we worship you today, and it's in Jesus' incredible name we pray. Amen. 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 Will you show your support for these guys? Thank you so much. Thank you. You know, I, I got to tell you, um, this girl right here, if you hang with her, she's our global director of global, global ministries, right? Whatever. Whatever. Anyway, <laughs> she will change your life because she keeps her eye on eternity and on people around the world more than anyone else I know. And when I hang with her, my life is changed and it revolves more around you. So thank you for that. And um, I am I'm also proud of our campus this year. You know, I, I, uh, this is the first year where I feel like, man, we, half of the teams, like comprising almost half of the teams on both of those teams is Good Hope Road. I'm so proud of you for keeping your eyes on eternity, for knowing what matters, and to be people who are sent out and give up their time and their talent and their treasure, and you're sending us out, and you're praying for us, and I know that you will be because your heart is shaped that way. 
that's what really matters. And every one of those people you saw on the stage, their life is going to come back changed. I know this because it's happened over and over. I think about, I think about Dan Miller who just graduated from his, in his second career, right, from his first career. Do you know what? When that happened on a missions trip, he came back and God did this work in his heart. He was like, I need my life to be about something that I feel like God wants my life to be about. And so he took a risk. He did something new. And I'm proud of you for that. And that happens for every one of us because we know what's really important, and that's eternity, things that will last, things that don't have expirations dates. And so my challenge to you is there's really two primary questions that Paul is posing to us today, and we have to answer them in life. They're the two primary questions of life itself. What are you going to do about eternity? While you're living this life, what are you going to do about eternity? And the other is like it. What are you going to do about Jesus? While you're living this life, what are you going to do about Jesus? Because Jesus invites you to this incredible journey. Are you going to allow a relationship? Are you going to allow finances? Are you going to allow recreation? Things that do not last. And once you have them, know them, understand them, you will find out that you can't put your hope in them. Are you going to allow those things to sidetrack you? Are you going to have the real joy and the hope? Are you going to live like you know the end score? And your life is going to revolve around Jesus. So I invite you to do something this week. And uh, here's my challenge to you this week. I I think this is going to change your life. I almost guarantee it's only going to take you like 10 or 15 minutes, but I think it's going to be the best 10 or 15 minutes that you have spent in a long time. And it's going to be well worth it. Here's my challenge to you this week. Will you take 10 or 15 minutes and will you write down some place that you remember that God has changed your life? That you went, wow, that changed my life and that matters forever. I'm so glad that God did that in my life. And if you don't have one of those yet, it's okay. But I bet there's someone around you because you showed up today. So there's someone around you that you go, I admire that life change and I'm going to write that one down. I admire what God did in that person's life and I, and I want to record it. And after you write it down, here's the second part of the challenge in case you thought you were done. Tell someone. Just tell someone. Just tell one person of that gratefulness, articulated out loud, and I guarantee you the work that God starts to do in your heart is going to be worth every minute. You will not waste it. It'll fit, set your eyes on Jesus. It'll set your eyes on eternity. It'll remind you of it this week. And if you'll be willing to take that challenge, you can just write revolve on your response card. Your way of saying, I'll do what it means, I'll do what it takes to revolve my life around Jesus, to let go of whatever it is, to remind myself of what's really important, and if, you have, if, you, if this morning there's another decision that you have to make or the prayer request you have, you can record that on that as well. If there's something that you want to say or something you want us to follow up with you on as you're making that transition, that journey to follow Jesus, you can write that down too. But I encourage you to take that challenge this week because I think that you want your life to last forever. And I think you know what that means. And I think you can imagine a life where you have joy that it brings you, like no matter what the circumstance You have joy and peace and goodness. Can you imagine the kind of life where you don't spend all your energy trying to maintain something that you're trying to revolve around? Instead, you're free to enjoy the very best version of who God is creating you to be. Because I think that's what God wants for you, to have the better version of you, the happier version of you, the most joyful and free version of you. God wants to do that in your life, and I want you to be able to enjoy it as well. And that only happened with Jesus at the center. So let me... Let me stop and just pray for you guys and give you a chance to respond. Lord Jesus, today, 
every one of us comes with distractions. We come in a life where there's been a lot of things going on, and we live in the here and now, and God's pretty easy to let other things hijack our hope. And sometimes we've lived life with less certainty than you've meant us to. Less certainty in what God wants for us. But no more. Jesus, this morning, first time or the thousandth time, we say, Jesus, I want my life to revolve around you. I make a commitment, Jesus, this morning to revolve my life around you. I will encourage you in your seat today just to whisper that prayer in your heart. Jesus, I just, I make a commitment once again to revolve my life around you and around your forgiveness and your grace and your promise to transform me. Lord Jesus, help us to live this day and every other day with one eye on eternity and the other on the life-changing journey that you give us. And I pray this in Jesus' name, Lord. Let it be you and you alone. Amen.